I just have to uh, thank the Holy Spirit tonight because he's always good. But between the back room and my daughter, you know, I don't know what she's going to play half the time. And everything that was said, and it was confirmed by more than two or three witnesses in the back room. So what we're serving tonight is hot. All right? And so just get ready to receive something fresh because God wants us to break out of all of our mediocrity and small thinking, you know? And uh, he wants just to align our hearts and our minds with what he's doing. See, it's always about aligning ourselves. What you, what you say, I'll say. What you pray, I'll pray. Where you go, I'll go. This is such all, all over what I'm going to say tonight because God is wanting us to just align with his word. What has he spoken to you? What is his word saying to us? What is he exhorting us to do? He's exhorting us to do something. And we're all looking for the, we all get real tense in looking for the voice of God. How many do? Just me. I know. Come on. I get real tense like, God, what are you doing now? I really want to hear the voice of God. And that's a good thing. But I think the Lord is wanting us to be in this place where we just learn to relax and take heed, and listen to his voice, right? Listen to what he's spoken over us in the past. And what is Jesus like? This is one of the questions I was talking to myself about, by actually the Holy Spirit. It's kind of like myself. <laughs> Come on. What is Jesus like? He's incredibly powerful, isn't he? He's amazing. And he's deeply intentional. And God wants us to work with him, being deeply intentional in what we do, what we say, what we look for. He wants us to look and perceive and grab hold of what he's saying. He wants us to grab an overwhelming, he's overwhelmingly confident, yet he's cloaked with humility. Isn't he? I mean, Jesus, come on, when he was talking to the religious leaders, he would just, you know, he didn't hold it back. When he's talking to the enemy, he didn't hold it back, right? We get real nervous when the enemy starts coming at us or religious people start coming at us. We get real nervous. We start stepping back, start checking ourselves. Jesus was like, no, I'm not. Come on. And I see the confidence in who he is, right? Nothing worries or phases him. Who are you supposed to look like? Who are we supposed to act like? We're supposed to act like him. These are, all, these are all things that have been already put inside of you. Do you hear me? You're incredibly powerful. You're deeply intentional. These are things that the, the body of Christ needs to actually put on. When the, when the Bible says this, put on Christ. This is what we're supposed to grab hold of and put on. You're supposed to cloak yourself with what? Yes, confidence with humility. And no worries. <laughs> there's no stress. Once some person always used to say to me, there's no stress in the kingdom. <laughs> Come on. There's no stress. If you're living in the kingdom, there is no stress. Are you hearing me? <laughs> okay. Good, good. Abounding in love and passion. For his people to walk in purpose. And so this is how the Lord looks at you. He's abounding in passion 
and love for you and wants to see you get where you need to get, the places you need to go. He wants you to find that place. And he's so full of joy that he sings over you. Now, come on, who's going to start singing over their neighbor? Somebody needs to tonight. I'm telling you. Becca, you can sing. Come on. He's not intimidated or rattled by any devil or demon. Right? And I feel like the Lord says, is, is that all you have? Like when the enemy tries to mess with him or tried to, right? Is that all you have? Come on. Come on. The enemy, listen, he was never afraid of Satan or demons. And I feel like the church backpedals when things get hot. And so that's what we're going to talk about. We tend to make excuses for losing battles. And the only good fight I was ever in were the fights that I'd win. Come on, I don't like losing. I don't like losing battles. Do you like losing? Come on, Jesus didn't lose stuff. The only thing he lost was his life. Oops. That wasn't a joke. That was reality. The only thing he lost was his life to bring fullness and resurrection in your life. Right? So the Holy Spirit wants us to grab hold. And, he, and in my opinion, Paul would not have exhorted us to have a good fight unless we were going to win that fight. Right? He would not have told us, fight the good fight of faith if we weren't to win the fight. And here's, what, here's where we go. All faith begins with knowing and being confident that God is right next to you. And we have to solidify, all of us, we have to solidify in our spirits that God is the victor and you're alone for the ride. And that there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, like Paul said, right? Not demons, powers, principalities, none of that can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It just can't, unless you allow it to. Right? And so there's going to be fights. There's going to be tension. There's always tension in the kingdom. There's always going to be light and darkness clashing one another. And I'm telling you tonight, you have a complete victory already. It's part of who you are. It's your identity and who he, he created you to be. That you win. That there's not a question of whether you make it. You make it. And you run across the finish line. And so I'm just going to exhort us tonight on that. We want to align our prayers. Look, we're looking for God to do some magical things sometimes. When he's just saying this, align with what I've spoke to you. Align with what I've spoke. First John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. Confidence, right? That we have in him that if you ask anything according to his will, we're going to talk about prayer. This is the assurance of your divine inheritance tonight. That's what we're talking about. This is God assuring us that we have a divine inheritance. You don't have to look for it. You just have to flow with it. Yes, we seek. We, you know, when we seek, we find. But I'm telling you, there's been so many things that have already been aligned. If we look at how 
Paul prayed, and I'm way ahead of myself already, in Ephesians and Colossians. It was all prayers that would wake us up so that we would know the reality of who he created us to be. That we would have illumination to those things so that we would grab hold of the hope of our calling and the understanding of our inheritance. And so now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if you ask anything, if we ask anything, say anything, anything, if you ask anything according to his will, this is the key. If we ask anything according to his will, well, I can tell you a lot of things that are his will. His will is healing. His will is deliverance. His will is that you are set free in every area of your life. His will is that you have the victory in your mind, in your body, in your emotions. All right? And if we know he hears us, if we know, that's absolutely being assured. Faith is the what? Substance, the assurance. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's the assurance. That's out of the real translation, out of the new standard, right? New American standard. The assurance. And God wants us to grab hold that we know what we hear. When we know what we hear, we go for it. That God gives you this, this absolutely amazing calling in your life. Whatever that looks like. He's called you to so many things. And it's not one or two things. It's like 1520. I'm not overwhelming you, am I? Really. Because God is so multifaceted and his voice just comes in so many different ways. And he wants us to just align with the one thing to get us to the next place. Right? I can't even get through a verse. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him. Because why? Because God gives me an instruction. It's just like Jesus, right? Five, nine, John 5, 19, where he says, I only do what I see the Father doing. And when he saw God do something, he did it on the earth, right? Because he was our perfect example on the earth. See, here's the thing. Now he's, he's risen and resurrected and he's in heaven and there's victory and he doesn't... Come on, he's one with the Father now, Right? But when he was on earth, he was separated from the Father and learning as a man to grab hold of God's voice and spirit inside of him. You're saying, well, you're saying that about Jesus? Yes, I am, because that was the humanity of who he was. He was 100% God, but he was fully human and learning to grab hold of the voice of God. And so he would see panoramically. He would see what the Father was doing in heaven, and then he would do this on the earth. So then he would go to the well and talk to the woman. And it was all in the plan. And she would get saved and then go to the next village and then be the greatest evangelist that we ever see in Scripture. Come on. It was a woman. Anyway. And here's what the enemy is constantly trying to do. Block our intimacy. Listen, the Lord wants to have such glory in your life and move in such ways. There's an intimacy issue all the time that the enemy's trying to block, block, block. Take your peace and move you outside so you don't have peace and you don't walk in fullness. 
Because the Lord really wants to ignite something inside of you, and it's through intimacy. And listen, you hear one word from the Lord. Can I tell you, God doesn't have to speak a million things to your life. If he speaks one sentence to you that rocks you, it can rock a whole entire city. I'm telling you right now. And so we need to be careful of what we look at warfare like. Right? Because the question is always about it. The warfare of the kingdom of God we experience has its roots in the battle for intimacy. And the Lord wants us to understand that he wants to bring us so close to himself and blow away every bit of confusion that we have or thought of doubt because it's always about fear and doubt. Because what will stop us from moving in faith is attacking our fear and bringing, attacking us and bringing fear and doubt into our spirit so that we, that ends up bringing confusion. And so when we fear, we get confused. When we doubt, we get confused because a double-minded man will get nothing from God. Right? Double-mindedness will get nothing from the Father. Harsh, but true. And so the Lord wants us to grab hold of this. You know, we're, we question whether God is hearing us. And that scripture I just read before was saying that when he releases what he wants to us and we hear his will, that we begin to pray and it just happens. Because we're not, we're not striving, we're aligning. You begin to just align with him. And so he's trying to raise up, can I say, in these days, a bridal company that is just given to intimacy, that's just given over to loving Jesus and hearing his voice and putting, come on, like John, you put your head on his breast and he, you hear his heartbeat, you hear the Father's heartbeat. And so we're in a season of that where God wants to bring us into this bridal intimacy with him and the Holy Spirit is calling, can I say, a remnant because not everyone will do it. And we don't like that word remnant, but I believe it's true. I believe that not everyone will run to the Father and be in that bridal company and live close with their ear to the Father. And so the Lord wants to do that. So Psalms 46, 1 and 2, it was reverberated in the back room. I'll read verse 1 and 2, and then I'm going to read 10. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. <laughs> Come on. We just preach that the rest of the night. God is a very present help. When? In time of trouble. When stuff starts getting hot and things start going crazy, God's there. And most of us are like, where are you, God? I know, it's just me again. <laughs> then it says this, Therefore I won't fear, even though the earth be moved and the mountains are carried into the midst of the sea. Even though stuff is going crazy on the earth, right? Come on, it could be America, it could be anywhere on the globe right now. Even though, even though stuff is going crazy, if we pray according to his will, according to his purpose, according to he know, you know that everyone on the planet he is wanting to see come to himself, and we focus on those things, all the other things don't entertain and kill our thought process are you hearing me 
Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted among the earth. Be still. And here's what we don't understand. And I'm telling you, I'm preaching out of my own stuff tonight. We don't understand. Be still. The American church does not know know anything about being still. And God is saying, listen, in silence, I speak. In the midst of being still and quieting your spirit, that's when I speak. And don't you want to hear the heaven, the conversations, because I know there's conversations in heaven about you. How do you receive a word of knowledge? I don't receive a word of knowledge now until I quiet myself. I didn't feel the presence of God in such a way a few Tuesdays ago on the front row till I just quieted myself. And then I was bombarded by the presence of God. Even tonight, I felt the strength of God come on me, probably for this but, or for whatever he's going to do after. But it's the stillness. It's the quietness. It's when we shut ourselves down. Because I feel like we can think that God's speaking in all these loud things, but ultimately he's speaking in the stillness. And know that I'm God. And know that I'm ahead of you. And know that I'm on the side of you. And know that I'm on the other side of you. And know that I'm behind you. And to the back of you. And to the other side of you. And in you. That the Spirit of God is all around you. And you've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit that lives and abides inside of you and will teach you all things. There's nothing that we miss. There's not one thing we'll miss ever if we have our hearts engaged with John 5, 19. See, I want to hear the conversation that the Father's having with Jesus about me. And we've got to understand the fullness of the Trinity because it's not just God the Father, the all-powerful one, and Jesus, you know, the human meek. I never saw Jesus as a human meek. I saw Jesus as a conquering king. And then we think of the Holy Spirit as like a little bird. Come on. I'm, I'm serious. But it's all the Trinity. It's one God in fullness of who he is. And the power of the Holy Spirit is the power of the Father. It's Father God in the Holy Spirit. It's Father God in Jesus. And the fullness of who he is in that. And the power of the presence of God. Because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for an in absolute intrusion of God's presence. How do we listen to the conversation? Ready? I'm going to give you a few things. Because I want to hear what the Holy Spirit's speaking to angels. Don't you? About me. And about you. I'd like that. Wouldn't you like that? I think that's possible. Right? All things are possible to those who believe. I think all things are possible. I'm believing God that he wants to just speak in the stillness of who he is. Not in the wildness of who I tend to be sometimes, right? I'm not supposed to laugh. Okay. How to listen to those conversations. 
We enter into God's courts how? By thanksgiving, by gratitude, by thanking him for who he is, by understanding that he's the great God and we are not. <laughs> that the Father wants to come and invade. And we just need to be thankful. I need to be thankful on every, right? Rejoice always, Paul said. And with prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Ooh. I don't know where that is. But I'm telling you, God wants to release a thankfulness, a thankful heart for what he's doing right now. Not how I missed it yesterday, not how I screwed up the other day, but how, what he's doing right now. And how he's God anyway, and he's on the throne, and he will always be on the throne, no matter what. And we need to be thankful for what the cross provided for me, and how my identity is found inside of who he is, and the fullness of who he is that's just been poured out on us lavishly. We're not missing a thing, guys. We're not missing one thing. It's just a matter of aligning with it and flowing in it. I know, making it sound very easy. And it should be. I think it should be. I think we overcomplicate and we get our minds involved. We get our minds completely involved. And when we shut down that part of the mind, not the renewed mind, but the mind that just continues to tell us the things that we are and we aren't, we aren't, and this and that and that. Come on. The Holy Spirit wants to just completely wreck that thinking and pour out the renewed mind so that we walk in everything we've been called to, right? And so then we, so we enter into his courts through thanksgiving, a heart of gratitude, looking at all the deficiencies, not looking at the deficiencies, but looking at all the potential around you. There's so many good things God is doing, and we need to look at those things. And then we still ourselves, and that's the hard part, especially in American culture. Especially, it's funny. Just, please don't take offense to what I say. Somebody. Please don't take offense. I have to do this every week, right? <laughs> but fasting social media, God help me. That's, that's the minimum of quieting ourselves. That's the minimum. Like I've been not, how about just self-control? I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not really. And I, I'm all about it. I'm all about media. and all, It's good. It's a good tool for ministry. It's a good tool, you know, check on your friends that are 100 million miles away. It's good. But be still and know. You, how, I can't be still and know with this thing in my pocket. And you're getting alerted for everything. Like, I know the angel showed me something this big, but I, it was just like, it was all the knowledge of the world. See, it's all in a cell phone. Yes, I rest my case. God is good, and he just wants us to be with him. He doesn't like us multitasking. Can I say that? That's okay. Did I? Good, because it's true. The Holy Spirit does not want us to multitask. And I try so much. Even in getting ready sometimes, I'm like, don't go there. Don't look at that. Come on. You don't need to. 
Because God wants to speak clear, really, really clear. And then he wants our prayers to be focused out of that clarity to the, to the place where you want to land them. We still ourselves and find the resting place set aside for us. You know, it's so interesting. I had this thought of the enemy chasing. You know, it could have been like a vision, I guess. But the enemy wanting to chase you. Just imagine like Lord of the Rings, right? Those orcs, those ugly things, you know? Chasing you, chasing you, chasing you. And he gives you a light to go to. This is just an illustration. And you go to that light and you go to that place and you want to pull the sword. Come on, because they're coming at you real fast. But you've got this thin veil in front of you. But really you're in the secret place because God directed you there and he's called you there so that you are, you are surrounded by him and only him. And it doesn't matter what comes at you. Even if it's coming right at you, you want to draw the sword. And God says no. God says stop. God says please don't. Just be in the place where I called you. And so why do we call it the secret place? Why do we call it the secret place? It's because it's outside of where the enemy can go. Don't you think that the enemy does not want to go into the Holy of Holies? Does he want to go to the throne room of God? Only if he's trying to accuse someone, I guess. And I don't even think that's the throne room. That's the courts, if we think about it. But I want to be in the throne room. I want to be in the place where I'm hidden. Because when I'm in that place where I can be hidden, then the enemy can't come at me. Because my mind's engaged with God, and my heart's engaged with God, and my whole entire being is engaged with the Father. And so that's where we want to live. That's where we want to abide. When he says you've been, you're in the secret place of the Most High, you abide there. Abide in me. <laughs> That's where Jesus lived, was in the secret place. So that when demons came, he just, a word. When healing needed to happen, it was a word. It wasn't something he had to strive. Shout out, blah, 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 blah. I don't mean to make, I'm not mocking. I'm just saying. It's the truth. Because we're trying to... Make it happen. And God's saying, no. When you live and abide in the place where I live, when you live where the angels and the hosts of heaven are and all that angelic activity is, when you live in that place, all of a sudden, the atmosphere around you begins to change. And it's not about doing works. It's about being. Because he's given us this whole inheritance right up here. It's just hanging. Can't you see it? You should close your eyes. You can probably see it. There's a whole inheritance up here just waiting to come to us. But the Father is saying, why don't look at the things in the earthly realm. You have to look at things in heaven because when you look at those things in heaven, they'll come to you. And when you meditate on those things, they're going to come to you. When you look upon those things and declare those things over your life, they're going to come to you. But there's all this that's already been. It's not, it's not hidden from us. It's waiting for you. 
And we need to live out of this place of inheritance. We need to live from that place, right? Where was I? Okay, we still, we still our lives, finding the resting place set aside for us because he set aside a place for us. We must believe that he'll speak through ready, divine inspiration. That's scripture. This word's divinely inspired, so he's going to speak through his word to us and through us. It was interesting. I started thinking of, a word, of something that John Paul used to say, and it was this, the peace is the potting soil for revelation. Peace. It's the quiet place that's potting, that revelation can grow. And so our hearts need to be still before him so he can speak, right? So he's going to give it to us through his word, and by his word, he's going to open up revelation to us. Because any word that we receive that's just Logos word is not going to inspire and do something inside, but we need, the, we need the Ruach, we need the Spirit of God on the word to move us from glory to glory, right? So God desires to show us what he's doing in every situation. He wants us to pray what he's saying over it. So you're going to begin to what? Give his declaration over the things, not about even finding out who you are now. You're going to find out who he is, and release it over your situation, and it's going to change everything. Because he has a word over every situation in your life, and he wants to declare that, but he wants you to pray in accordance to that and to align yourself with that so that when you pray prayers, your prayers are powerful. Come on, and it doesn't have to be a charismatic prayer. Prayer is prayer. If it's, if it's God's will, it's God's prayer. Everyone all right? So you need to agree with the decree, right? We've heard that. Agree with what's being decreed. And see, here's the thing. So we don't like, <laughs> we don't like when there's tension, right? We don't like life with chaos and problems. We don't like that, right? We don't like it. We don't like it. But every problem comes with his provision attached to it. Come on, someone say that's a good revelation. Amen, brother. Amen. Every, every single, every single problem, I know, had to shout me down. Every single problem has the provision of heaven on it. Because you're going to go through things, and we all go through things, and God has something on the other side. I know, I was the most vocal of the whole night. What else is new? Uh, and you must stand in the midst of a problem, right? Being what? Confident. Assured. Knowing. Really realizing. Say really realize. You really need to realize that he's going to do this. And that he's going to take control, whether it be your finances, whether it be a health issue, whether it be, come on, people coming against you. Come on, friends hating you, whatever it is. And then this word came to me because it was interesting. Wisdom is the principal thing. 
We love that. That's kind of dry. Wisdom is the principle, isn't it? Come on. I was in, I was in Bible college, and, and we were doing, I think it was Proverbs, and Brother Pierce, who, who was one of my instructors, tried to, he really killed my flesh, that guy. Anyway, in more ways than one, he's the one that said, the only thing we feel for you is bad. So he's the one. But he was, he was amazing. Honestly, he was amazing. The Holy Spirit just prompted me to remember because I sat back in that time like wisdom is the principal thing. Why is wisdom the principal thing? Because you can't even operate out of the gifts in the fullness unless you have wisdom to do it. Wisdom releases the timing of revelation. Wisdom releases everything in its season. Wisdom puts things where it's supposed to be at the right place at the right time. And we don't understand about wisdom. So wisdom is the principal thing. We need wisdom to grab hold of what God is releasing over us and to be able to apply it at the right time so that when it activates, something amazing happens. It's not just another word from God. It's a word at the right time in the right season. And it changes and shifts someone's life. Or never mind your life. Because you try, we try and do things before God's ready to do them. And we try to push things along and help God along. Don't we like helping God? I mean, we do. And so we just need to be confident that God's releasing the greatness of God He's releasing his greatness. That's what makes you great. Right? That's what makes you great is because his greatness is over you. And so we just look at this last scripture. Pray for grace I can get through it. Because it's one of my favorite scriptures on the planet. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 through 20. And this was the prayer of Paul. This was the prayer of Paul. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom. There's wisdom again. Wisdom first, then revelation. Right? If I have wisdom, then I have the revelation. In the knowledge of him. So knowing who God is. That the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what's the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places? Amen, right? So what is the glory of his inheritance? I started thinking about this. What's the glory of his inheritance? I want to go all the way back to the glory of Israel. And the glory of Israel going into the promised land, what was their inheritance? It was him. It was his presence. And it will always be his presence. When he said to me, you're married to me, and the word and the message I gave to you, that's what I want. Come on, when he speaks a word over you that you're married to him, that you're a bridal company to him, that he's, he betrothed you, that he gives, come on, he gives his life for you so that you'll be absolutely free and created to be everything you've been created to be. It says that the, the glory of Israel going into the promised land was the glory of his presence. 
what's our glorious inheritance? And that no one, everyone say no one, not one thing, not any power, principality, anything would stand against the greatness of God in his people. And that's what this is about. It's about the glory of God that you carry, that you receive from the Father. That's all we want. We want his presence. You can take a city with his presence. You can take a nation with his presence. This is who we are. We're God's chosen people. And we have to get our hearts out of the mindset of poverty. Can I say poverty is not even a money issue? You need to wave it off, right? It's a mindset spiritually to be enlightened into the hope of our calling. It's the majesty of God who lives in not only in who he is, but the majesty of the Father who's on you. Majesty, that's a kingly anointing you've been raised, right? He calls us kings and priests in the book of Revelation. You've been made kings and priests. You've been given this glorious inheritance to abide, right? And no weapon formed against you will prosper. Again, it's not just a nice thing we can put on our refrigerator or a nice scripture we can put on the wall. It's the truth that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Not a weapon. Not one you can think of will ever prosper. Because God abides in you and you're his, his son, you're his daughter, you've been filled, you carry the majesty of heaven. Are you convinced? Come on, wipe it off. Come on. You've got to be convinced. You have to be secure in that and knowing that the majesty of who he is is abiding in you. We have to be assured of that. My last line, assurance. You've got to be assured of that. And the Lord wants to break every spiritual mindset that is impoverished off of us so that we can walk in the fullness of who he created us. And there is such power on that last part of the verse. Verse 19 and 20, the exceeding greatness of his power towards us. I'm going to break that apart next week. It's going to blow your mind. But the Holy Spirit is wanting to rip and tear every place of blindness off of us so that we can see who he really is, so that we can abide in the secret place of the Most High, hidden, hidden, hidden from any place that the enemy can touch because you've been given diplomatic immunity It's true. We just don't know it. So then we start running scared. Stand with me and help me. Let's just finish this off.
was going to read one more thing. Sorry. And then I'll let us go. Pray for you one or the other. But the Lord just started to speak to me about the change and the shift that happens inside of us. And we want, we want to grab hold of this. And so it goes all the way through Isaiah 60. And Isaiah 61, but I'm just going to read it, highlight on a few verses because there's something that there's an exchange for. God wants you to exchange something so that you can get something. Do you understand that? He wants you to release something. We never get anything, I feel, unless we release something to the Father, right? There's places where God wants you to release things. So, and it's not by doing, it's just a supernatural exchange. So, Verse 60, it's talking about the, light, the, the greatness of the God and the glory of God coming to a generation, right? And it says, instead of bronze, I will bring you gold. Instead of iron, I'm going to bring you silver. Instead of wood, it will be bronze. And it says, violence shall no longer be heard in your, hand, in your land, neither wasting or destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun will no longer be your light, of light by day, nor the brightness of the noonday. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light. And your God, and your God, your glory. And so jumping down, it says this, And also the people shall be righteous and they will inherit the land forever. Listen, this was promises before Jesus Christ ever even died. This was all prophetic of Christ, of what he was going to release on the earth, right? So that they shall inherit the land forever. And the branch of my planting and the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. The little one shall become a thousand, and the small one a strong nation. Are you seeing what's happening? It's all moving our minds out of smallness to the greater things. Then it says this, the spirit of the sovereign Lord was upon me. It's actually Jesus' inheritance. And you've been given the same inheritance. What is that? To set the captive free. You've been given that inheritance to set the captive free. But then we go with the exchange to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give what? Beauty instead of ashes. To give joy, the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we walk out of all oppression, that we live outside of all of it. And it says that they shall rebuild the old ruins and they shall raise up the former desolations and repair, rebuild, raise up, repair the desolations of many generations. And instead of your shame, you shall have what? Double honor. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. You won't be confused about what's yours. There'll be no confusion about what's yours. I declare it over you tonight. Therefore, in the land they shall possess double, and everlasting joy shall be theirs. So, Father, we just thank you tonight. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for our inheritance as a double portion. And the glory of the Father, you, God, want to release over our lives, Lord, that we walk in the majesty and the amazing ability that you put inside every person here, every vessel here. 
And we thank you, God, that not one person is going to ever walk out of this place without being set free. Lord, we ask, God, that there be a double portion on this body, on the believers, Father, on every church, that there would be another portion, another wave. Lord, we thank you for the fresh anointing for bringing change. Lord, we thank you for the divine exchange tonight. We thank you for the secret place where you're bringing us. We thank you for everything that you want to release to us tonight. And so we grab it. We take it right now. We just we don't wait for some, some time in the future. We take it right now for us. We grab hold of it, and we, grab, we pull it into this season now. We thank you for your abiding glory. We thank you for the days ahead where we see the sick healed, the oppressed set free, everyone set free. Not one leaves without being set free. We thank you for the emptying of wheelchairs. We thank you for breaking mental illness. We thank you for all the things that you're going to do. We thank you, Lord, but I declare right over us right now that we'd be able to walk in the confidence and the assurance that we'd live in that place. That our inheritance comes from right next to us because you're with us. We're living in it, and we're abiding in it. So we blow away every mindset that's impoverished right now. We blow it away. We blow it away. Lord, I thank you. Holy Spirit, just tear it off, everyone. Just take it away. Just remove it. We bless you, Father. We thank you what you're going to do in the days to come. In Jesus' name. So if you want prayer tonight, come up. The God of glory thunders tonight. He does. He thunders. He wants to release greater glory over your life. If you need healing tonight, don't leave without being prayed for. struggling, don't leave without getting prayed for. So Lord, I just ask that you bless every person that came out tonight. I thank you for your, your fire and your light on them. Lord, release a greater grace to step into every single thing, Father. In Jesus' name.